a performance for the ages. That man, Steph Curry, with the 50-piece to close out Sacramento in Game 7. Doing what all-time great players do, man. He showed up and he showed out with his back against the wall. And in regards to the NFL, Lamar Jackson finally got paid and the NFL draft is over. Stay tuned on why I think Seattle, Houston, and Philly are the big winners coming out of this weekend. Man, what is up? What is up? You already know what it is, man. Welcome to another episode of the Vance Barnes Show. I am him. He is me. Go to the Matrix. Your host, Vance Barnes, man. Let's get into it. We got the NFL Draft, Warriors, Kings, all that good stuff, NBA playoffs. It's a lot to get into, man, but we're going to start it off with this. Big congrats, big, big congratulations to that man, Lamar Jackson. Finally got paid, man. He finally got the bag. Five years, 260 mil, 185 million guaranteed, making him the highest paid player of all time. Um, man, he stayed patient. He stayed the course. And he he wrote a course on, he, honestly, he wrote the course on what it's like. Like, that's how you bet on yourself, right? That's how you bet on yourself. That's how you know your worth and staying patient and staying to the course, man. Everybody wrote that man off, right? Everybody, including myself, doing this show, doing this podcast, everybody had something to say on what they think Lamar should or shouldn't be doing, what he can and cannot do. And Lamar blocked out all the noise. He stayed to his guns. He stick to his guns. He stayed the course, stayed true to himself. And that man got $185 million guaranteed in the bank. <laughs> man, it don't get much better than that, man. He's been hearing probably since he was 18 years old that he like can't play the quarterback position. Right, I'm, I'm sure some schools, and it's crazy that we've seen that that clip of him in high school, like doing the little uh, step back at the goal line and on Vine when Vine was popular, and then we like years later we're like, oh shit, that was Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, right? I'm sure coming out of high school, teams try to get him to play DB, wide receiver. Coming out of college, right? We've never seen. I, I can guarantee we we probably have never seen a more dominant Heisman winner more disrespected than Lamar Jackson right when they came into the league. Like they remember the NFL draft, and they show it all the time, that picture of him leaning, um, that picture of him laying his head on his mom's lap or his mom's shoulder at the draft um, because he was getting just passed over and passed over and teams, executives, NFL personnel in quotes, some were trying to get him to work out at receiver at the combine. Like this man just dominated college football had one of the craziest seasons we've ever seen. Um, won the Heisman, wasn't even close the year before, and they wanted him, that man, to come in and play receiver without even giving him a shot at quarterback. So, man, big ups to Lamar. Get that man his bag. Get that man his 260 M's, 185 guaranteed. And honestly, man, it truly set the tone for what was to come, like within the draft, right? We get, you know, first Jalen Hurts last week gets his bag becoming the highest paid player of all time, then Lamar, right? And then this year, three out of the top four picks are black quarterbacks, right? How amazing is that, right? It's never been done before. The first three quarterbacks, three out of the top four picks are all black quarterbacks when not too long ago, right? There was this belief, this underlying stigma. Uh, for some reason, people believed that 
black men, African-Americans cannot play the quarterback position, right? They couldn't handle the most important position in all of sports, being in the limelight, being the guy to make all the reads, being how smart you have to be. It's crazy, man. And then there's so much significance within that. Um, I know guys like Doug Williams and those guys that just blaze the trail for a quarterback, for black quarterbacks to be where they are today are just proud, man. Proud to see what happened this weekend. Um, big ups to all those guys. It was, like I said, they, Lamar and Jalen Hurts, man. They just it set the tone for the for a great weekend to come. As we get into this year's NFL draft, I know every year it seems like you walk away from the draft and you think that, you know, oh, your team just got so much better. Or you look at these great players that just got picked near, like, man, there's so many teams that could walk away from this draft and their team just got significantly upgraded and you wish that all these players could have the success and like be the players that all these experts have projected them to be all these first round picks right but in reality man like only like half of these first round picks more than half of these first round picks will not pan out to the potential of what they have right and i was and i was just randomly looking like when i when i typed that out i was like man i wonder what like the statistics are on that, right? And so when you draft a guy, I'm guessing when you draft a guy first round, you're thinking, okay, we want this guy to be a significant contributor to our team uh, within the next four years. Uh, we want him to be a Pro Bowl type player, a significant starter. So I was like, all right, let me let's randomly look this up. Randomly looking at the 2019 draft, 11 first round picks have gone on to become Pro Bowl players. Right, and we all know that hey, you made the Pro Bowl one time. That doesn't even mean anything. You could still be a bust. You could still be a scrub. You could still be all this stuff and not pan out for that team. But eleven, right? Eleven guys that were drafted in the 2019 first round went on to become Pro Bowlers, which I felt at first was like a high number. I was like, oh man, that can't be. But then I looked at 2018. 2018 had 16 players become Pro Bowlers. 2017 had 13 Pro Bowlers. And 2016 NFL draft class has 11, with picks one through seven all becoming Pro Bowlers. So, 11, so like I said, less than half of those, or you look at 11, 16, 13, and 11 players. That's less than half the draft. Only one year, 2018, 16, that's the half the draft class of the first round were Pro Bowlers. So, I mean, you wish you could, you know, all these players could have the success that you want them to have, but in real, realistically, how many of these guys are like truly going to have that success that we know they can? Is it, you know, there's just so many factors. There's scheme, there's work ethic. When you get that money, when you get that bag, you can pay for your, you know, like retire your parent. Like there's so many different factors that go into a player's success. There's health um, that you just don't know how these players are going to pan out, but we wish them all the best. But I'm not giving, I'm not going to do a recap of the whole draft. I'm not going to go through every team. Like, yeah, that's not happening here. I, Quickly, I think Carolina got their quarterback of the future. I, I said a couple months ago, I thought Bryce Young was the best quarterback in this draft. I think he'll have a ton of success under quarterback coach Josh McCown in Carolina, who himself just got done playing, almost played two decades, right? Carolina's got some weapons. They got veteran receiver and Adam Thielen. They got Miles Sanders back there just onto a deal. They got a great tight end. We know that a young quarterback's best friend, for some reason, in this league is their tight end, right? Uh, he's got a great tight end. He's got DJ Chark, a young receiver that can do some things. They're obviously going to have to protect him and keep him healthy. But I like Carolina moving up, being like, hey, let's go get our guy. And they got Bryce Young. But if I'm being honest, the real big winners of this draft to me were was Houston, Philly, and Seattle, right? The Texans, the Eagles, and the Seahawks. 
I'm big. I'm big on like being able to set yourself up to get multiple first round picks. Trading off players and assets early and like you know, so you can get a first round pick, second round pick, like I think those are those are huge. So being able to get multiple picks within the first couple of rounds can that's I think those are what changes franchises. And I think when you do these things, right, when you got multiple first round picks, you have to make sure that you get the guys that you love, the guys that you have high on your board that you truly want, or trade the pick, right? Trade the pick and like get a player or some assets or something. Don't just draft a guy just to draft a guy that you have all these next on our board. We don't really necessarily love him. We don't really need that position, but we got the pick, so let's pick it, right? I don't, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in just wasting picks. Um, and sometimes you can feel that. You can kind of see teams do that. They take a guy they don't really want. Um, for example, I was listening to ESPN or some podcast or something, and they were talking about the Jets, how they wanted Broderick Jones out of Georgia, the, the left tackle or the right tackle. But he had gotten taken, the like literally the pick before. The Steelers traded up, picked him right before um, the Jets were going to pick. And they didn't, like, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but they were like, oh, they wanted the tackle. They didn't get him, so they just drafted uh, the McDonald, the edge rusher from Iowa State. Like I said, that's just what I, was, I heard, I, I listened to. I don't know how true that is. Uh, maybe they did really want McDonald and they had him high on his board. But from what I, I just listened to, it was like, oh, he wasn't necessarily on their, like, wants list. That's an example of what I mean by just picking a guy just to pick a guy. Um, but I said Seattle, Houston, and Philly. I think Seattle won because, you know, all these teams had multiple first-round picks, right? Seattle getting both Witherspoon and uh, Jackson, Smith, and Njigba. Witherspoon, a physical corner. Jackson, Smith, and Njigba, who I thought and believe is the best receiver in this draft. Um, you know, they got some straight-up dogs in their team on both sides of the football, right? And that's another thing. You got multiple ticks, multiple picks. They got both sides of the football, and it makes their team, like, immediately better if these guys come in and, and contribute and plug in right away. Next, I said Houston. Houston was a big winner for me. Coach D'Amico Ryans and that Texans coaching staff, right? They get to start their careers off with the guy they want at quarterback, right? C.J. Stroud, phenomenal talent, very accurate. They got their guy, and then they got a guy on the, on the other side of the ball that they're hoping can do the same things that Parsons did for Dallas in edge rusher Will Anderson, right? They got two anchors. They got an anchor on offense, an anchor on defense to just start their tenure and say, hey, this is the new look Houston Texans. I like that. I like coming in, setting the tone, being like, hey, we got two guys both sides of the ball. You guys are going to be our anchors for the next decade, hopefully. Let's go do this thing. Let's set this up for success. I think if you're Houston as a coaching staff, you walk away from this weekend like, man, we won. It couldn't be any happier. Let's get these two guys in the building, in our in our organization. And right, if you're if you're the Texans, man, you're extremely happy uh, if you're in the, in that building or if you're even a fan. Last, I said the Eagles. I got Philly. I think obviously, like right, them getting Jalen Carter was a huge steal at the ninth pick, guys. A lot of people had him like as their number one overall talent in this draft. He dropped, obviously, because of the misdemeanor charges or whatever. And then they draft Nolan Smith, the freak athlete rusher, at pick 30, right? It just seems like this Philadelphia, like Howie Roseman does such a great job at GM. It just seems like this Eagles defense, who was the best defense in the league last year, just got even better, right? They were able to keep Darius Slay. They had some guys walk. But to keep that D-line and that front seven together and then drafting two more guys that, that Greg can do and get at the quarterback, it's obviously something working in Philly. And I, I think we're going to see 
Like it's a copycat league. I think we're going to see a lot of teams, a lot of defenses start to, if this continues to work, they're going to start to take from the Eagles. I mean, okay. I mean, the 49ers did it, right? Maybe it's taking from the 49ers. The 49ers front seven has been great for the past, you know, half decade, whatever. And they've been a top defense for, like I said, the last five years. So it's working, man. Getting that front seven, getting to the quarterback, being able to plug up offenses in the run game. Maybe that's the start of it. Maybe that's what we're seeing the shift um, in this league. On to the NBA, man. On to the NBA. Warriors defeat the Kings in Game 7. The Lakers have moved on. It's been a little bit. It's been a couple of days since I last uh, recorded. So a couple of things have happened right in this in the NBA playoffs. Warriors just defeated the Kings a few hours ago. Lakers have moved on. Um, I think we last talked the Heat, upset the Bucks. We already talked about that. But... It's crazy because Golden State, you watch Game 7 of this Golden State-Sacramento game. Golden State came out of halftime, and you can tell just the experience and the championship will to win came out in that third quarter, right? Kayvon Looney, I don't know what got into him this series. Man, he was like Dennis Rodman with the, with the rebounds. He was a huge reason they won this game today, right? He played, I think even Sacramento probably could have overcame Steph Curry's 50, 50 ball if they would have just rebound like a little bit better. Like Sabonis who averaged 15 rebounds on the season, right? Or no, like, was it 15? Might have been 15 rebounds on the season. I think he had less than 10 today, right? They, they, Looney ended up with like 22 rebounds. At one point it seemed like he was grabbing every single board in the third quarter. I think at one point it said that they had 13 offensive rebounds in the third quarter in comparison to Sacramento's one. That's 13 second chance like opportunities in possessions that you're giving up. And I mean, you know, the boards is one story, but Steph is Steph, man. Steph came out and did what all time greats do in closeout games. And while Golden State isn't the powerhouse that they used to be, they don't have the depth that they used to be a handful of years ago, that man Steph Curry has not missed a beat, right? And it is crazy that we are seeing athletes, like our favorite athletes are like their longevity, they're not slowing down at all. We see it in football with Tom Brady. We saw it, see it in basketball with, I mean, even Katie, Steph, LeBron. Like, how many of our favorite athletes a decade or two ago were still being this dominant in year 14, 15 plus? It's insane. And, you know, Golden State, so they beat Sacramento. They're on to L.A. I do think, though, that Golden State will have their hands full with the Lakers, right? I think as good as Looney is down low, I just don't know if he can guard AD. And that means, do you put Draymond on on AD? I don't think so. It's 6'6". It's still, it's still a numbers game. Draymond 6'6", AD 6'10". I know Draymond can guard the bigs, but can he do it for a seven-game series? Man, and AD's not just a, he's not a slow big, man. He can take you out, out into the perimeter and, and do his thing out there. Overall, man, I think that the matchup with the Lakers is so interesting because both these teams are put together so differently that there's so many opportunities to create mismatches in this series that I, I truly don't know what's going to happen. I think also if you're the Lakers, right, you don't know what team you're getting with LA. One night they come out, the three balls fall on, they're looking like a real championship contender. Sometimes AD is looking like a league top three player. He's out there dominating. And then other nights, the exact opposite is happening, and they look terrible. Like, at moments, it looks like the Lakers can, like, on their worst night, the Lakers can lose to any team in the NBA, 
on their best night, they can beat any team in the NBA by a whole lot. Like they're they're really good and they're really bad is is so far apart, it's ridiculous. But honestly, to win this series, AD is going to have to play. I said it, I said the first series, they they you know got past Memphis in six. But to beat this championship, like defending champs, Golden State's a dynasty. To beat this this team, AD is going to have to play like a league top three player dominate the series he's gonna have to be the best player on the court this whole entire series for the lakers to to take care of business against golden state my prediction is that the lakers with extra days rest i think they're gonna take game one i think that the sacramento series has to have taken a lot emotionally out of golden state it's had to have taken a lot physically out of golden state um but just as i'm thinking we we thought about that too remember uh Thing in 2016 when Golden State had won the 72 games or the 73 games and they played OKC in the conference finals and they came back 3-1 and we were like, oh, that series probably took a lot out of Golden State and they came in the finals and they beat Cleveland in game one. So I, I don't know, sometimes these emotional series that kind of wake you up a little bit and get you going are just what you need to start clicking at the right moment. But I still think the Lakers got some extra days rest. Huge for Braun and his foot. I think that the Lakers, like I said, AD's going to have to play like AD can up to his potential and be the best player on the court. My prediction is Lakers win this series in six or seven. Man, with that being said, appreciate you guys tapping in. If you are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, hit that like button, share, comment. If you're watching on YouTube, comment, hit that subscribe button if you're still with us. Man, until next time, peace.